Hi everyone, you are about to listen to part two of the state meet recap, where Colin Altavo and I will recap the boys' state meet from more of a coaching side. If you haven't yet listened to part one, where we recap the girls' side of the state meet, more from the analyst slash announcer side, go ahead and go back and listen to part one. If you just want to listen to part two, just listen to the boys' recap, that is fine as well. Just wanted to make sure everyone knows that it is available for both. So listen to part one, listen to part two, and enjoy. We are back uh, with Colin Altavote to discuss the boys' state track meet and recap. So we – I guess we didn't talk about the team race at all for, for this either, but it was uh, – we mentioned that the Carmel boys won. Um, don't know if you want to comment on any of that. It was a great meet. Congrats again. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't from an outsider perspective or the spectator point of view. It certainly wasn't as entertaining as the girls meet, but I personally found it to be very entertaining. So yes. Yes. Well, congratulations again. Um, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of, there were still a lot of great races on this side as well. Um, especially on the distance side, do you, do you have any specific things from non-distance events that, that you'd want to recap on the boy side before we get to our special? So in the, in the one tens, there was a guy that hit a hurdle. And at the same time that he hit a hurdle, a, another guy, I saw a picture of it. Uh, Rivas from Leo goes back to we were talking about Harding closing and Leo and New Haven getting athletes. Um, now I don't know exactly where the Rivas family lives, so I don't know if that's the case, but um, Rivas the hurdle and Paul Goins from Lawrence Central at the same the time team? just trips himself. And I saw one of, well, did the hurdle hit him or whatever? And it didn't. Um, the hurdle's still in, in Rivas's lane. He's just hit it and Goins just hit his hit two of his legs together um but that had an impact on like three or four different guys yeah. and it makes if you look at the times it's like man all these guys are running slower than they'd run all year why is that and it's just that was so chaotic in a race where you can't afford that right you can't afford any hesitancy or anything so i thought i thought that was interesting and i was really watching because we had a guy in the in the one tens and it looked like he was starting to pull away but the he was in the lane next to the, to the hurdle that got hit and then goings went down. Right. I guess the, uh, the other, the only other main non-distance event thing I'd want to mention is that Tucker Smith uh, of Columbus North did in fact break the state meet record in the shot put uh, by over a foot, which is crazy. I know they, they had the 70 foot mark number talked about and Kenny throw 70. He threw enough for the, the win and the meet record. So that I'm was, guessing he throws 70 at some point in high school. Yes. Consider, yeah, especially he's a junior, so yeah, just to guess. Considering he has another year. So look out for that. But um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of – see, the, the problem with the, not, the boys' race is that we're both coaching during that time, so it's a lot harder to watch. Right. I mean, we're, we're looking at, at very specific things yeah. that maybe not – I mean, you know, even in the 1600 – where I saw what happened and that was probably the most interesting distance race of the night. I, we had two guys in it. So I was, I mean, right. I had an eye on the front, but I'm also watching those two guys. Right. That, that's what I always feel is whenever I have someone in the race, like I, I miss what happens at the beginning at, at, the, at the front of it, unless our guys are at the front of it. But, right. Um, but this year was not the case for that, but well, let's, let's just go to the distance events then. Um, we'll start with the four by eight. The uh, Fisher's Tigers won in 7.42, which – did you see the national rankings of these times? Someone had said that that's number one and that we were number four. Yeah, four or five, I think, is what I saw. No, I, so, I think that's – I mean – I don't know what it's based off of, but – Well, and and take those with the, with the grain of salt because certain states haven't had their state meets yet, and some of the bigger states aren't even going to have – state meets at all right. and there's not going to be a national there's not going to be any kind of national competition so a lot of teams in the past 
the North Central team that ran 742, the LC team that ran like 734, maybe in the Carroll teams, like they get their best times when they go to nationals. Mm-hmm. And this year that that won't, you know, that won't happen. Right. right. So because uh, I would be interested to see what both of the top two teams potentially could run at a at a national meet given another couple of weeks, but we won't right. we won't right. know. So our I, I don't know how much you want to talk as a coach now, but um, how, how do you, how did you feel about, about the final result of the four by eight? I mean, our guys ran their best times of the year. Most of them ran their best times of the year. So I, when one team has a 153 and a 151, um, in, in my experience, that's hard to beat. And I don't have a lot of experience running against teams that have a 153 and a 151 because that essentially never happens. And so, you know, Fisher's Fisher's deserved it. Like mm. I'd always wanted to try a strategy where you don't, you have a really, really good guy and you don't wait to use him on the anchor. And in the past guys have been hesitant to do that. Um, and this year I kind of like thought maybe we should try. It. And I talked to him and the guys were like, all about it and I thought well you know if we can get a lead maybe I mean this is just a good strategy in general if we can get a lead in a race that requires a, a good amount of thought right it's not like the four by one where you just run as hard as you can mm-hmm. or even the four by four I mean, you've got to think about how hard am I going out when do I want my moves when do I need to maybe relax just a little bit relax knowing that you're running 16 17 miles an hour um and I thought, well, if we can get a lead, maybe, you know, we could make their guy go out really fast, like 52 seconds. And maybe he ties up at the end, you know, because he went out too fast trying to catch up. But, uh, he did go out in 52 seconds, but he's so good. It didn't matter in 151. So right. they, right. they, they deserve it. Our guy on the anchor in 56. And that was a <laughs> that was the best that was time he's ever run, running, right? Yeah, it was the best time he's ever run in his life. He did what we – it unfolded exactly the way we thought it might. Yeah. He did what we – and the other team beat us, so they, they deserve it. Right. So I'm, right. I'm happy. I'm happy getting second in that situation and, and getting our eight points. Yeah. And this this might be another thing for another podcast since we're already going on time with strategy. But you you, you did touch on um, where you put certain guys in in the four by. And I think every coach has their own way and own strategy. And I even think it depends on the guys that are there. Like one year you might go fastest on the anchor but one year you might put them first um depending on how fast your guys are but i think it's uh, tough to put i think it's tough to put your best kid first if that's that's assuming your best kid is as good as ours is well right and And we we couldn't put him if he runs our in fact our guy handed off with the lead and like 156 flat we can't put Cole at 153 he runs the entire thing by himself that's right that's right a tough position to be yeah in, that, that's a big gap for for your best person to go first but like if, it, if it's or whatever but again that, now on the four by four it's not a bad strategy put your best kid first and yeah. just let the rest of them run run in the out in the open and we we've done that some years in, including uh we did it this year and like yeah like you said just a, a great strategy for you guys and can, it, yeah, can I mean, I know a great strategy. We got beat, but it, I, I, it gave us our best shot. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I kind of felt like we we saved him for the anchor at the regional meet, and we lost. And I just thought, if if we run, my thought process is, if we run the same thing back the next week, we're gonna get the same result. Yeah. Now we probably have the second best team. So we're probably getting second anyway, but let's not let's not do the exact same thing and expect a different result, right? Yeah. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Let's try let's try something else. You want and, to give yourself that that was a giving yourself a chance to be first. Yeah, and and also like you got to stay in it as long as possible, and and we were in it until 100 meters to go. But you know, if it, if a team's got a 153 into 151 they're probably going to win if they can find two other good legs and their other guys were were solid you know i give their i give fisher's third leg i think his name's roth um or foster it's one of the two i I feel like i should know this better 
I give that I give that kid a lot of credit because it's got you're tired, you're starting to tie up, you're full of lactic acid, and you get passed by one of the best distance runners in the state with 200 to go, and he's starting to pull ahead. And you know if that kid freaks out and they end up being down five or six seconds instead of two or three, then it becomes really really interesting. But he 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 did a good job closing out to the best that he could. Mm-hmm. um to to keep them in it and that's they they were like 2.8 seconds down with the with one leg to go um and that's what that's right. what gave him a good and and the third guy fisher's third guy it, uh it was probably foster did clark lead off you know clark let off yeah, yeah so it, it was foster but he's so he split 159 so he, right. he was under two so um and that's a situation where this those two teams are out front three laps into an eight lap race, four seconds of the field. And that would be an easy part to, to panic and tie up and just, you know, have a death palm stretch trying to get the baton there. And he, he didn't do it. He obviously, they, they to run a good amount of volume and could just kind of hang in there. Yeah. Well, it was, it was definitely an exciting race to start off with on the boys' side, um, down, down to the wire. And then the 1600, also very down to the wire. A I did mini, not see that coming. Yeah. A okay. Well, I was gonna say mini, but an, an upset for uh, you if you want to put it that. There are two others that were really being talked about. Um, we had mentioned Camden Marshall because he did come in with the third best time on the year, but we thought it was gonna come down to the Flash Showcase rematch and uh, of Gara and Kilbarger Stumpf and Camden Marshall of Cordon Central was the 1600 winner in 407. Um, Will Conway, freshman uh, from Floyd Central, was fifth in the 1600. And I, I said this to you, I think right after it happened, and I, I did later tweet it, but he was the first freshman to be All-State in the 1600 since Jason Christ in 2009. So that's pretty wild. Um, but as we talked about the the ninth place finisher was 421. So 421 scored in the 1600. Um, I don't know. Were you going to talk about maybe why, or just have that be part of your, your spiel on, on the 16? Yeah. I, in the 3200, it was right at the standard, but in the 1600, it was, it was weaker this year. Um, and I suppose part of that is, you know, but I guess it's this way every year the three or four of the guys that ran the 3200 fresh or maybe not fresh but but ran didn't elected not to run the 1600 you know if cole if isaiah if jefferson run the 1600 that pushes everybody back right and so then 418 is ninth and that that seems to make more sense um but yeah, it, it seemed it seemed slower across the board than than we're used to because we're only we talked about uh, we're only however many years removed from Westfield boys running seven fifty two and finishing tenth in the four by eight. I think that was four years. I think they were tenth the year we won. Um, but we're only two years removed from. I remember Matt Newell as a freshman ran four seventeen, and I think he was eleven. He was, yeah, he was eleven. So, yeah, I, I guess it's just kind of a blip too, because I, I I don't buy the I don't buy the temperature, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It. Camden Marshall still ran four oh seven. Will Jefferson still? Oh ran right, like they still ran fast times. Yeah. Um, I, I'm even looking to see because I'm trying to think of <clears throat> guys PRs, you know, later down the list. Like I think. Kale Lai of Fairhope South, who placed eighth, ran his PR. Um, do you know what Ezra Burrell's PR was at all? Because he was it's around that. He was pretty high. He was pretty high up at uh, at the Franklin Central meet. Yeah. He's, so a lot of guys pretty, ran ran close. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of guys ran close to their to their times, um, but just not as many guys in there. As well, and you, I I just would have thought. And maybe it's just too fast of a race for a field that big that all the guys would run their best times. And, you know, I, I was, 
I was primarily concerned about two of the guys that finished in the middle of the field, almost exactly in the middle. I think they were 14th and 15th. And they, they ran a lot, especially one of them ran a lot of the race in lane in lane two. And I wonder just it's maybe it's hard to run your best time in a field that's that big. That's that it's that packed in there. So. Well, and, and all because on on that note, the race kind of split into the first four and then yes. everyone else. So once it once that split happened, everyone and we kind of knew that would happen. Right. I mean, we knew those four were far and away better than everybody else. Right. And, and I, so that's and so the honestly, this is where that comes in, because fifth was 418, as we mentioned, Will Conway, that wouldn't have scored two years ago. Or, or maybe even in three years ago that usually does not score so it, it just became a second race yeah i think and i think the standard was like 417 it's usually around 417 because yeah. we and we could talk about this later like you know there was a time when i looked at like well our guys have run these times do we want to try and and chase that standard um in the 1600 and the 3200 because they, they weren't that far away from it yeah. but those are the standard is is set at the state meet and trying to get those times anywhere else is very challenging but we can save did, that for did i, later did I ever tell you wait what did you say we can save that we can save that talk for later in the podcast too yeah did, did i ever tell you that we tried to um since since we're on it in the 16 that we tried to have three guys at the standard in 2019 to, to that makes sense yeah and we were we were close. The the last meet, one of them ran eight, 18 or nineteen. In twenty seventeen, we had three guys that I that I thought could hit the standard in the thirty two hundred. And in twenty fourteen, we had three guys that I that I thought could do it. The problem is that you've got to find a competitive enough race. It's not like you got three girls that could run the standard in the 200. You just run them in the 200 in every meet you got, and they can run against each other, but distance running isn't really like that. And you've got to, you've also got to periodize your training. And so if a boy is capable of running the standard in the 3200 in April, you're either one cutting back in your training and that's going to have potentially adverse effects six weeks later in the state meet or he's so much better than the standard that he can hit it early in the season without cutting back and getting to those workouts and the things that you need. Um, Cause you know, the workouts in cutting back might take a boy from nine twenty three to nine nineteen or nine eighteen or whatever. But if you if you do that in April, it's it's really tough to do that again, or impossible to do that again in, in May or June. Yeah, like you said, we yeah we can we can. I know we'll get to something with it later in thirty two. Um, but for the oh for the eight hundred for the next one. So this was honestly, I'd say it's the it was the meet of ended up being the race of the unknowns because um, they were named. I, the kid that won, I'd never heard of in my entire life. Right. So it's definitely not hyperbole to say. I mean, I produce most of the content on Indiana runner and I'm a coach of the, of the, of the, one of the top teams I'd never heard of. Yeah. So it was, it was William Neubauer of South Bend Adams. Billy Newby. (laughs) And then even second place was uh, Brett Otterbacher of Valparaiso. I know I had, I had heard of him and I, there's a little inside baseball peek behind the curtain here. I, um, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm decent at this. I produce most of the content, most of the writing on Indiana runner. We've got four guys and that's my main thing. So I write all of the top 50, uh, cross country, uh, the top 25. And I'm, I'm pretty good at looking at the stats. This is a stats podcast, right? Looking at the stats and, and finding a way to separate. Okay. What's true. And, what are my feelings from going to a, a practice and knowing the the boys on one of the teams, you know, for, for five or six years, I, I feel like I can do both of those things. Um, when I wrote that preview, I I'd had my eye on Otterbacher as kind of a dark horse. And I think I, uh, you'd have to go back through on Indiana runner and look at the, 
the preview ones. Derek wrote the girls and I wrote the boys just because uh, Derek kept the girls leaderboards all season and I kept the boys. So it just seemed I'd followed that more. Um, it seemed to make more sense, but he was a 400 runner that had finished really high. And I think it run like 49 seconds or something over 400, uh, even as a freshman. And then there was no season last year and then he was hurt and they probably just, I don't know if maybe it was a hamstring or a groin injury or something like that. I'm just speculating. Um, but something that would linger for a, an extended period of time and might prevent you from doing faster stuff. And so they decided to move him into the 800. And uh, so I thought he was an, an interesting, an interesting dark horse in that, but the new bar guy had never heard of. So, yeah. Like we said, race of the unknowns, but still, still great, great race for those guys. Um, I don't, I don't have too much more on the 800, honestly. Um, it's, it's tough. I think that, um, I think that the best 800 runner in the state didn't run the 800. He ran the four bite and he ran the 400. So I'm interested to see uh, what he and, and what his coaches decide to do next year with him because he, he went one, they have automatic splits like FAT splits on alpha timings results. And on the IHSA official results, he was like 151 one or 151 two. And still he's the, that's the best 800 in his run all year. And the second best 800 anybody ran all year was, uh, you know, our Cole, our guy from Carmel went 151.9 at the, at the regional, uh, he ran the 3,200. Um, but there's a difference between a split in the open, right? I mean, they, they even split that versus in the, on the four bite, you got a running start and you just go. So in the third, third best 800 runner didn't run the 1600, the third best time. And then the fourth best time was, was Castillo from Fishers. And, you know, I certainly thought he was a, a top contender but it was important to him to run the four by eight and he won it for his team. You know, the, the, he had what no other team could match, which was a second guy under 155 or well under 155. Right. Right. So, you know, he, I, I think he, if he runs it fresh, I think, I think Castillo probably wins. Um, Because at the regional, he held back a little bit on his leg of the four by eight. And at the state meet, he didn't do that. And, uh, and he won the regional in a time, I think that was faster than the winning time at the state meet. So uh, we'll, we'll go to the 3,200 now, which another, just a, a, one of the races of, of the weekend. Um, going into it, we knew that there were four guys that had broken nine before. And the uh i guess this is another where the the greyhounds took over carmel had uh second and third cole matisson 905 and then jacob fisher was no cole ran 901 no sorry i saw you were 905 at the uh at the regional thank you yeah that's what i'm thinking that's one also his his decimal was 0.55 so that's what i saw um (laughs) 901 for cole and then jacob teammate jacob fisher ran 911 uh isaiah sturry 913 and then um lucas guerra who had already placed third and 16 one of the guys who broke nine ended up uh dropping um as we talked about the conditions just for some of these guys didn't end up playing so so i guess i kind of i kind of have two points here one would be as a as the coach the coach of, of two kids that scored um and and my main point would be, I hope uh, I'm going to send this to Coach Weinheimer because he was he was texting me some of his thoughts after the listen to me talk during the girls meet. Um, but the normal person watching that, someone that's interested in track and field, and there's certainly so many people in the state that help make our website great, that, that post their thoughts on the message board that are motivating, you know, to, to Derek and I and Scott and Drake um, 
to produce content that care about distance running and are knowledgeable. I think I might've said that already that what, what you see is the second best kid from Carmel closing in 63 seconds and really moving up and running a smart race. But what I see are a bunch of eight mile PPMs and a bunch of 60 mile weeks in February and March. And what I see is a kid that considers himself to be limited speed wise, but took my advice and well, I mean, advice is a nice way of saying it. I'm the coach. I'm going to set the lineup, but I'm explaining to you why I'm doing it. Took my advice and and took the challenge of running the 800 a lot this year. I bet Jacob Fisher ran the 800 more than he ran the 3,200 this year because we knew he was very aerobically strong you know, he's doing this eight mile PPM and PPM is like essentially like a tempo, like a threshold run, a hard run. But I think a lot of teams run their tempo runs and, and say they, they'd like to run it comfortably hard. And we have basically said, and I, you know, I got this from, from Columbus North, from uh, coach Weinheimer, like it's not a comfortable sport. So at once a week, we're going to do something that is highly uncomfortable. Get used to it. If you want to be good, the, the biggest moments of your of your running career are going to happen at a time when you're very uncomfortable. And so I didn't, I didn't just see a kid that went from 19th to third on the last lap. I saw a guy that, that had done those eight mile PPMs and in, in those, those 60 mile weeks. I think the other thing from kind of more of an analyst, if I try to remove myself as like the guy that got his picture taken with the second and third place finishers, you know, holding the mountain dew with, his arms around the two guys after the race, but more of an analyst perspective. I, I texted Derek after the, the meet, after the boys meet is um, we're on the bus maybe. And I said, you know, after this, after this, one of the craziest years in human existence, like we should have been able to predict a completely unpredictable state meet. And I don't think I don't think that Will Jefferson winning the 3200 is unpredictable, um, given that he ran the 16. I mean, that's a good strategy. He ran tired all year. He ran the 1600 and the 3200 at all of his meets, other than the showcase meets, uh, his conference meet, the sectional and the regional, and then knew like I'm going to make it. I'm going to run those. He ran those as hard as he could too. He didn't just run them to advance. He ran 414 and lost to uh, Reese. And then he ran 410 and lost to Reese and ran all out and then came back and ran as hard as he could in the, in the 3200. That's a really good strategy. I don't think that's unpredictable. What I do think is unpredictable is Camden Marshall won the 1600. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. Even Derek said when I said to him, and Derek knows a lot of stuff. I mean, he, he founded Indiana Runner. Um, he's been paying attention to this for, for 20 years now, and he's watching on his phone um, at, at he's assistant principal at graduation. Like, I didn't even think Camden Marshall could win with 200 meters to go. Yeah. It was kind of Chris Walden esque. Right? That, like, exactly well, he's out of it. Like, okay, here's our two big guns. And then all of a sudden, he, he comes out of You're nowhere. Like these two guys. Right. And, and then, you know, Neubauer from. South Bend Adams winning the 800. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have predicted that. And, and then Jacob Fisher finishing third in the 3,200 or Will Conway finishing fifth in the 1,600. And I, I think the, the cliche is like, well, it's crazy. At the state meet, crazy stuff happens. Anything can happen. Like, not like this, though. Yeah. I think this is, this is a, a byproduct of that crazy year and no track season last year. And, you know, we did the best that, that we could, and we did have those two showcase meets which, which in the past we've only had we've only had one um but yeah that was it was a pre it should have been predictably unpredictable yeah but i, I guess we always want to we always overestimate what we think we know mm. going going into it um but i did i did think in the 3200 i really thought that that anybody doubling back was going to have a very difficult time Right. And, that, and, and it so, didn't turn out that way. Yeah. And as a coach of, 
you know, we had two guys in it. One guy who was a contender that, that I thought could win. But our second guy who I would have been thrilled if he finished in the top nine. I was thrilled that he made it. That was the highlight. Other, other than the state meet, the things that happened at the state meet, Jacob Fisher qualifying for the state meet in the 3200 was the highlight of my season up to that point. Wow. And, um, and I'm, I try to be, I've, I've calmed down a lot recently. You know, once you're the, once you're the head coach, you can't be running around and, and making a big deal about everything. The way that I did when I was 20 or 21 as an assistant coach at Columbus North, but that was the one time all season I really allowed myself to be like, you know, other than the state meet, like screaming, like, yes, all right. Like, running around I would have been thrilled if he had having seen him finish in the top nine and I thought he had a good I thought he had a pretty good shot because even though he was behind some of those guys pretty substantially I just thought it's going to be hard for those guys it's going to be hard for them to double back Mm -hmm. and the conditions yeah double the rest but like we said on, on the podcast a week ago and and we talked about on the broadcast for the IHSA double the rest quadruple the emotion I, I think that's really hard yeah and so the guys that the guys that scratched out of one of the events that that they could have run like will or um like jacob did or those guys to just concentrate on the 3200 they gave themselves a big advantage and so uh cole and jacob going two three brought up an interesting stat in our conversations and one that we want to look into so there have only been it became the third instance of teammates being in the top three in the 32 or the two mile at the state meet you well you know one because it just happened you sort of know another one because you you said the other one's got to be the other one's got to be Hammond right so yes it was it was 1975 uh Rudy Chapa and Tim K Koff Koff went one, two for him. And so it wasn't even, um, it wasn't even pink house two in the top three. It was two in the top two, two in the top two. Right. Right. So that's so, gotta be the only one, two, right. It's the only one that I saw. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't tell you this, but do, there, do you there, wanna, so there's another, there's there another, is one. another one. There is another one. And it happened in the era of the 32. So do you want to, do you want so thir- so to 30, switch 1980. Right, or 1981, one of the yeah, they switched to meters sometime in the early 80s, yeah, because they switched to they switched to meters, they switched to 5,000 for cross country, and they added girls cross country all in like a two year span, right. like 1980, 1981, 1980 was right. the first year of the 32. Okay, so so you're so who who is was the it, other pair to be top three? What are your it, best guesses? My okay, my first guess. I don't even want to call it a guess because I I feel pretty good about this. Was was it my buddy? Was it Brock and his teammate Cole Hardacre? It was. In it was. Okay. I remember. So so that would have been oh six. That would have been my senior year. Brock and I mm. are the same age, and I remember that because probably helped you were in high school too. Right, and I ran in that meet. Yeah. Um. No, I didn't run the thirty two hundred. Uh. Because you have to be good to make it in that. You can't just like hide yourself among a couple of your teammates. So I, yeah, I ran in the four by eight. Yeah. Um, although we we ran a time that would have medaled this year. Talk about getting in the DeLorean. We got to go find one of those. Um, Bobby Moldovan won that, I think. Uh, two thousand six. Yes, I think it was Bobby Moldovan. Yeah, it was. It was Bobby Moldovan's junior year, and. Uh, he went to Northrop, which is the rival school of, of Snyder, where I went to high school. And there is a, I could probably share this story. I don't think it's a secret. Gosh, it was 15 years ago. Um, he had run, this is a thing that a lot of, um, we get in the coach's corner here. Uh, he, he had run the four by eight. Gosh, was it that year? He, do you have the results pulled up from 2006? Yeah, uh, I can get to it very quickly. Okay, so there was a year. I think this was the year. There was a year that that Bobby, who 
I was actually there when he got inducted into the uh, track and field cross country hall of fame because Ken Browner, the guy that I coached uh-huh. with for track was inducted on the same night. So I was there. Um, I've been really fortunate. I coached, I coached under Rick Weinheimer and Ken Browner, who are both in the hall of fame. And I, I, I coached or, or was kind of mentored by Derek who should be in the hall of fame um, for, as a contributor for Indiana runner. Um, but one of the years, I think it was the year he won, Bobby had run on Northrop's four by eight in the sectional and the regional and got him to the state meet. And um, going into the, going into the meet, the coach had said like, they didn't have a, they didn't have a team that was going to score. This might've been the, the year before they didn't have a team that was going to score, but they were going to run them anyways. Mm. And um, Northrop's coach had said, well, kind of like we had talked about like four by 3,200, the four by it's going to minimally affect you. Right. Like, like you could do that. It's three and a half hours rest. You did it at the sectional and the regional. It's fine. And had said that. And um, his coach at another school had told him you have got to pull him off of the four by eight and uh northrop's coach said yeah no it'll be fine it'll be fine it it won't affect him and the guy was like trying to convince him don't don't run him and the way he convinced him as as this was relayed to me um was he said to him well you know what you should do you need to give another guy a chance to run the four by eight so pull Moldovan off of the four by eight. That's a good idea, right? We can all we can all say that's a good idea to give another kid a chance to run. The, yeah. And the coach the coach agreed. And then he said, if you don't think that the running it will have, running an all out eight hundred earlier in the meet will affect him, you should run him before the meet starts. Run him right before the four by eight in an all out eight hundred meter time trial. And the coach was like, why would I run him all out before the 3,200? And, and his, his son who coached in our school said, see, and they pulled him out. And then, and then Bobby ran really well on the 3,200. Yeah. Wow. And his son is, it's, it was uh, Brad Peterson, who's Angola's okay. coach. He's coached a lot of state champions you, and you uh, a had a hand in the state championship there, or it, it may have been a different, may have been a different year. Do you think that was the year he won the 32? I think it was the year he won the 32. If not, I think as a sophomore, he was second, and it might have been that year. Yeah, as a sophomore, I, I can't he quite was. remember. We made it. I was a senior. We made it. We were fifth in our regional, and we got a call back. But I can't remember all of the other teams that finished. Yeah. I know one of them was Norwell. One of them was Dwinger. And I think the other one was Northrop. And then I think they pulled Bobby off of Northrop's 4 by 8 and then I can't remember the team that got fourth that beat us. Because hmm. as, as a sophomore, we he got was fifth. Second. We were like 758 and got a call back. As a sophomore, he was second, though. Yeah. And then I don't remember what happened his senior year, but I, I don't believe he won as a senior. No, his, his senior year, he was eighth. Um, yeah, something must have happened then. Seventh. So seven. Do you have the 06 results pulled up? See if they're, see if Northrop's four bite was there. Um, I. I'm not on HSA website right now. I'm on the oh, okay. industry, on so I can't see yeah. the, full, the full thing. So. Yeah, that was that's one of the, that's one of the. That's a great. Story. I, mean, I still remember. It was 15 years ago, right? Yeah. I still I still remember it. That's it great. Might have been, it might have been 16 yeah. or 14 or whatever, but that so that that was a good tangent um, on the on the because we were going on Brock and Cole Hardacre being the last teammates top three. So that's where that tangent was. Uh, but 2006. <laughs> The other thing I remember about that, because we stuck around to watch everything, I remember that um, Brock and Cole had all white uniforms. And I was just like, man, that's like a really bold choice. Like, you don't see the all white uniforms very much. Yeah. Like, you know, normally it's you know, school colors, darker colors or whatever. And I was like, Man, like the, these are guys who are not afraid to be bold. Like, mm. and they weren't. They went out and finished two three. Yeah. In the in the thirty two hundred. So maybe, maybe art. Maybe we should have worn the all whites. You know. 
they, they they did perfectly fine in the the yellow and gold or the the gold sorry the gold and blue what am i talking about i, I ran in those colors the, yeah the old ones they they found two of those they called them the ben beach uniforms they, hmm. they found two of them from that's funny from yeah it's been it's that's know, funny. three or four editions ago for our uniforms and on on uh jacob being the second guy we were talking about earlier how at the at the Carmel showcase, at your guys' showcase, he was actually the fourth guy, the fourth Carmel guy in in that meet. Yeah. So we had had thought all along that he was going to run in the thirty two hundred, and. Our reasoning being that, you know, we, we thought we had a pretty good team. We had two really good 300 hurdlers. Um, we had we had good depth, over 400 meters, so good four by four. Uh, good distance runners, so we thought we could put together a good four by eight, and we thought we would be a contender for the team title. And we had two other guys who had beaten him um, in that meet. But I, I, I specifically remember after that meet talking to all the guys and being like, hey, this is still my plan. This is still what I'm thinking. And the other two guys were faster, we had thought, over 800 meters and that they could run and help us out on the four by eight. Whereas Jacob was a little more limited in that regard. Although Jacob ended up running too flat, but too flat probably. You know, too flat, we could have we made do with that. But, um, and, and still scored pretty high but we thought these guys are these three guys are basically even in the 3200 might as well run jacob in the 3200 and then the other guys can help us out in the four by eight that was our thought in in april and that's actually not the way that it that it shook out we ended up those guys were probably more like our fifth and sixth best guys over 800 meters so we ran them in the 1600 um but there was a a, a small period of time when i thought Maybe we need to calc I calculate the standard. It's like 918, maybe 918 mid, 918 high. Maybe we need to go somewhere. Cole obviously already had the standard. Maybe we need to, to go somewhere with Charlie and Jacob, like Eastern Relays or something. I thought about it, you know, because Garen, one of my former assistant coaches is a coach at Garen, and they went down there and their guy ran 920. Like maybe we need to get some of those aspects of our training um, earlier that we know will help them race well and then pull back and go there. And maybe all three of them hit the standard. Um, and I was just like, man, maybe we're setting ourselves up for frustration if we're continuing to try and chase that through throughout the season. And so we, we didn't end up doing it. Um, but I don't know, maybe we should have. Yeah, I, I meant to tell or I told half of the story earlier about the standard, but I want to mention this part too, that w once I found out like what the three participant standard was that you could have three people participate in a single event in sectionals when you're only allowed two, I just remember thinking like, if, you know, whenever, if ever I become a coach, I, that would be one of the greatest accomplishments to have three people uh, in an event at, at the sectional just to have three people hit the standard and it's crazy that it almost happened for me as an assistant coach in only like my third year of coaching well and it's it is so rare in distance for exactly. that reason that the time is set at the state meet when everybody it's an average of the ninth place time over the the previous three years when everybody's seemingly at their best and so i on the boys' side, I'm having trouble remembering what was the last team to have three. I think Carmel had three in the 3,200, hit it, and they did it in a dual meet. But this is like 07, 08, 09, something like that. And I don't think all three of them even ran it in the tournament. I think – some of them were like, well, I'll be on the four by eight and run the 16 and I just don't want to run the 3,200, but maybe they did. I remember a Franklin, three boys from Franklin. This is when I was in like eighth grade. Well, that, and I think they, they were like two, three, four. No, nah, they were coming in two, three, four, but. In 2002 is what it was. Franklin guys went three, five, six at state. In the okay. Yeah. But that was also like, I mean, you know, 
no disrespect to those guys, but they ran like at the state meet, they ran like nine twenty five or something. Uh it was it was a you know yeah, not nine twenty two won that year. Yeah, and, and I, I was there. Yeah. I was in eighth grade and my dad took me down to watch it. It was the second to last year at IUPUI and Neferiah ran nine. 22 yeah and one and no one even no one even challenged him Mm -hmm. he ran away from everybody right right from the gun uh no one tried to go with him and i i remember that time very specifically because the first year that i coached the the boys at carmel would would have been 2012 so 10 years after that we had a run 922 at the state meet and he was 16th in 10 years the winning time 10 years later would have finished 16th yeah wait what, what year was that you said 2012 bobby ran nine bobby browning ran 922 at the state meet was 16th it was uh, like it was the day that footsom set the record yeah and um he I, I think that was like a like a random late May, early June, sixty five degree night in Bloomington. I mean, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, one one last stat from the distance events, and then we'll we'll start to wrap things up. But someone had mentioned something on IR. I think it was Lactate Man about uh, never seeing the champions of the 16 and the 32 that's a weird username by the way i'm just gonna say it like yeah i mean we all get lactate threshold i get it but like (laughs) that's right that's right (laughs) my username Um, is colin like that makes sense yeah 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 j horror with 45 people makes sense it's your name yeah um do you know what the 45 is by the way i don't know some like patriots player from 30 years ago like some fullback or something no, it was uh, my place at state in cross country. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. I should have been able to guess that. <laughs> but here, so here's the, here's the stat that he um, or question he proposed, and I went and thumbed that. So Camden Marshall won the 1600. Will Jefferson won the 32. We've already talked about that. Both of them were not all state in cross country. It was the first time since 1988, uh, 1998-1999 season that both champions of the 16 and the 32 were not all state in cross country the previous season, which is pretty wild. Cause it happened. You, you said that you put that on there. And then one of the guys got on there and was like, yeah, don't really have Phil Yoder. Yeah. It was Phil Yoder. Screen name Yoder. So you know who it is. Was yeah. like, <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> that, yeah. That was like, it was, it was Brett Tipton who won the 1600 for Northrop and then Phil Yoder. Uh, of East Noble won the 32. So that was funny that he... That oh, you want to you go full circle? You knew Tipton's coach was? Um, I feel like we've talked about this. Wasn't it... Was it Peterson? It was Brad Peterson. <laughs> the, same, the same guy who had the wisdom of don't run your potential individual champion on a non-contending 4 by 8 Tipton was... I actually saw Tipton. I didn't talk to him. I saw him at... Uh, one of the meets uh, over the weekend. It was probably the boys' meet, I would guess. Um, but oh, he was, a, was there. he was m- much more of an 800, 1600 runner. So that makes sense. And then I'm guessing that Phil Yoder just, just in the same way that Will Jefferson just didn't run well, had a, had one bad day and it happened at the state meet. Right. Because Jefferson and Marshall were both top 25 all season in cross country. Yeah, I mean, Jefferson was like two seconds behind Cole at the semi-state. Right. I mean, he was easily one of the five best guys all year. And and Marshall wasn't a surefire all-state lock, but he was one of the 25 best guys most of the year. Yeah. Marshall really – Kevin Marshall really took off just in the last – like this track season. Right. Like when he ran 410 at the Franklin Central meet, to me – that was a surprise. And then I, I thought he had an interesting decision to make in terms of does he run the 1600 or does he actually try to run the 3200 fresh? And 
I mean, looking back on it, he obviously made the right call. Yes. <laughs> he he ran, you know, he ran 901 when those guys ran 855. And he ran 410 when they ran 407. So he's about equally back proportionally yeah. at, at those two meets. Yeah. Yeah. That that's all assessed, but what let, let's talk a little bit just before we finish out about uh the you meet. Gotta, you gotta do the Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosilla. You might have to split this into two. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't want to. That I want to keep it as one. <laughs> we hey, two the, hours, man. I know. I know. The last one was two hours too, which is why well, again, was I, it really? Yeah. That again, I was surprised it was one of the m- more listened to or my most listened to one. But um, well, you double yeah. the list. You double the listens if you split in two. What'd you say? Bill Simmons sold. Bill Simmons sold the Ringer for two hundred fifty million dollars. If he's doing something, you might want to think about doing what he's doing. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll consider. I'm going to consider it. I'm going to consider it. Um, but the, the meet being at Ben Davis, it, like, it was at IU for the past almost 20 years. Uh, just what, what do you think about it being at Ben Davis? Because I, I kind of liked it. I think, they did, I think they did a really good job. I think they did the best job that, that we could possibly have asked for. I hope it goes back to Bloomington next year. You hope it goes back just, to for, from, a, from a coaching perspective – there's a value in always having the state meet in the same venue and it feeling like a state meet and that adding to the experience, the overall experience for the kids. And Ben Davis did a great job for us in a pinch. And, the, and it could hold more people than, than IU. Uh, one of my friends was the was the athletic trainer at Carmel. He's, he works for St. Vincent's. He was an athletic trainer at Carmel for a couple of years. But before that was the um, athletic trainer for track and field at IU. And he actually got replaced when he left to move up to Indy. He got replaced by another guy we went to college with. And um, he had said that when you go to Bloomington, you see – like all of the stands and it holds a lot of people, but those are all temporary bleachers that it's normally just, well, you, you live in Bloomington. So you probably see it a lot more often, um, which was shocking to me. And Ben Davis could hold more people and it, it held people better than it, it, at IU. At IU, sometimes it feels cramped. It feels crowded, but there's, and I know, I know having it at Ben Davis or in the past that had been at North central and IUPUI, um, and that's a more central location and that's probably better for Snyder and Laporte and Merrillville. Um, but there's just something about the atmosphere and the venue and the environment of the track at Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hope, yeah, I, agree. I hope we can go back there and do that. Even if it's not, I don't hope that it stays at Bloomington for the same reason that I hope it always stays at Terre Haute. Because at Terre Haute, that part of that is the course and the track is a track. But there's just an aura to having it at, at IU. And one of our coaches had said afterwards, like, it didn't, like, it didn't really feel like a state meeting. In a way, it did not feel like a state meeting. It I felt, felt like a big, it felt like a big invitational. It felt more like the Franklin Central showcase or the Carmel showcase than it felt like the state meet. And I think that having having been a part of a, a team that won and having that experience, like I'm not I'm not complaining, I'm not giving it up, but it was like 98%. Like I wish. I wish for our guys it could have been in Bloomington in in the whole the whole venue, the environment, the aura of of the IU track. Yeah. But Ben Davis stepped up and really did put on a, a good meet. They did for us an awesome job in in a pinch. Um, and and having it in Indianapolis is is nice. I mean, it's it's living in Carmel like. Going to Ben Davis is a half hour drive. Going to Bloomington, it's an hour fifteen. Like I, I don't care about that. But I, I get why if, if you're coming from Merrillville or or Gary yeah. or Angola, I, I get why that it's probably better for you. 
and that that's one of the things I said all week is like it being more centralized is going to make more people love it and obviously I'm in Bloomington so it's nice having the state meet here um but even I found myself at the end of the weekend saying wow I actually really liked the way that Ben Davis did this did the meet so I really I liked I liked having I liked having it there but I I hope I hope it goes back you know the my my biggest negative about the meet being there was the uh the podium being right in the center and not oh actually i actually like that well it, but we could no one could get close to to do anything like, oh yeah for like pictures and stuff how yeah when you're at iu it's off in that corner yeah and the parents can go down and take yeah that makes sense i get that yeah so i, I like liked- this is a broadcast thing, right? I liked that it was right there. Of course, we also have it on screens. So um, I, for the recognition of the kids, I liked that it wasn't tucked away, that everybody could see it right that's, there. Yes, that's true. But yes, I, I didn't think about the, the picture perspective because I don't, I don't take pictures. I just... right. And as, as the social media person, I, that was one of my first thoughts and you know there's one of the pictures there's a uh there's a guy with a michael jordan jersey standing right in front of the podium it's like that's like bulls bulls 23 no it was north carolina 23 in in front of the podium but anyway um like i said i just so the college jerseys are just so inaccurate because like did they even have the names on the back of the jerseys at north carolina and you know, I see some that have like Isaiah Thomas IU jerseys. This is Thomas on the back. It's like Indiana does not put the name on the back of the jerseys. Right. Like or like Red Sox home jerseys, like the white. They Red Sox don't put home names on the back of their their jerseys. Really, professional sports. Oh yeah, for the Red Sox at home, do not put the names on the back. Wow. Yeah, because you're you're as a fan, you're expected to know the players, right? <laughs> I guess, but it's professional sports. It's about making every single. You can get it with the last names, but that's it. That's how they do the home. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One, one last segment. This is called, it's a little uh, statement trivia. I have three questions. It's really called, which is faster? So I'm going to give you a, a set of two options and you have to tell me which one of them is faster. Okay. Okay. All right, last segment. Wait, how, how do we determine what's faster? Like, where it ranks in the all-time list? No, no, like, faster by time. They're pretty much all-time questions. They okay. are all-time questions. So one of them is faster. Okay. So which is faster? The girls' 4 by 800 state meet record or the boys' 3,200 state meet record? So you might know a lot the, of these off the top. The 3,200 state but... meet record is 851, and the girls' 4 by 8 record is 853. Right. So it's the, it's the girls' – because the, no. the number one time in the four by or the number one time in the 3200 is 851 and the number two time in the 3200 at the state meet is 853 and then jefferson ran 854 and wagner ran 855 i don't know where i don't know where uh hammond duos factor into that i don't i don't know what uh chapa converts to i think that was like 854 855 because because wagner missed it by like inches isn't the uh, wait the thirty two hundred state meet record is eight fifty one right? Yeah, puts on eight fifty one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But so, Ben ran eight fifty three. Yeah. Jefferson ran eight fifty four, and I think Chapa at the state meet ran like eight fifty four, eight fifty five, and then Christian Wagner ran eight fifty five. So yeah, it is. It's see, those are two ones that you just know off the top of your head. But yeah, Footsom's eight fifty one is faster than Eastern's eight fifty three uh in the four by eight in 2013 which just puts them ran as fast as those four girls all together which is which is always a funny thing when so you here, here's players. a good question what's more likely to be broken first Ooh. uh i'm gonna say the the 32 i think you're right i considering that the, the four the, the four by eight's gonna need twins i mean there's exactly that's how the, that's all of those top times all of those school records were set with a school that had elite athletes that were identical twins. Yeah. I, uh, the Johnson sisters weren't identical twins, but like, you know, high well, genetic they're, they're talent in high school at the same time in their senior year at the same time. Right. So the Neely's, 
the Johnsons, the Harris sisters, they were all in, they were all twins. They were all in high school for the same four years and they were all seniors at the same time right. when they set those records. So, and we just saw someone go 854. Right. right. So, all right. Well, the question is there will be, there will, especially with the new shoes, there will be boys capable of running that fast. The question is, are they on a team or do they care about trying to win the double, which is its own legacy thing? And if you're on a team that needs you to, to, to run in the 16 and the 32, you're mortgaging your chances later on to run under 850. 851 is fast. Yeah. You can get a guy that's capable of doing that, that runs a 16 and comes back and runs 857 or 858. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what, that's what Ben did. The guy that ran 853 ran it as a junior in his senior year, ran the 1600 first and came back and ran like 858. Yeah. All right. Which is faster? The girls 1600 state standard this year or the winning time of the first mile at the boys state meet ever in 1904? This one you probably don't know either. So you might just have to talk it out or think about it. Okay, so the girls state standard was like 503, 1904. Yes, the first year of the state meet. So the first, the winning time in the first mile. Okay, so the boys weren't running under five minutes in 1903, right? I mean, they're running those in like wooden shoes on like the tracks like made out of glass. I'm going to say the girls standard this year. Yes, it is faster by 0.7. Well, but that was a mile versus 1600. Right, right. So did you convert it? I did not convert. The winning time was so actually five, the boys. Oh, the boys' mile from 1904 is is slightly faster. The he he covered the distance in a faster time, but the okay time okay was, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so so yeah. Five, so there's no way for me to be wrong there. I would just I would just say the opposite either way. 504.0 for George Steep in 1904 <laughs> you need to get your like super stats on that and figure out what would he have run what would he have run right now mm. it's like 410 you, you let's get let's get the delorean and bring this kid to carmel get him some dragonflies <laughs> yeah yeah doing ppms pump, pump him full of 50 to 60 mile weeks for two years and see uh, what he does see what he runs yeah all right, last one. Which is faster, the boys' four hundred meter state meet record, or okay, the I thought it's forty six ninety nine. Okay, or the girls' four by one hundred relay winning time from the same year. <clears throat> That's a good so question. the four by one. <laughs> I, I like um, both of these. <laughs> So North Central ran like 47 something this year. So David Neville is like what year that was? four years older than me. So that was like 02. Yep. 2002. So that would have been in the height of like the Northrop Warren Central like first go round. So those were really good teams. I'm going to say the girls four by one that year. So David Neville, like you said, 46.99. I'm impressed you had that one on the top of your head. I, you, you know, you're impressed, but also it's like, what could I have in my head if they weren't filled with like, well, you know, true. what the average Neely sister ran in high school in That's 2013? True. Like, why? <laughs> I don't even know who these people are. Why? How do I have that memorized yeah. from something that happened that long ago? So the uh, Fort Wayne Concordia, who won the four by one that year, they went 47.32. Oh, so they were slower. So they were slower. So the you boys- knew the coach at Concordia was then? He gets shout outs on all the podcasts. Brad Peterson. Brad Peterson. <laughs> the same guy with the uh, insight to tell you not to run your guys in the, mm. in the four by before the 3200 also tells you, well, couldn't get it. He got his four by one to run fast, but not as fast as mm. one guy mm. in the 400. So thank you for playing Which is Faster. I'm glad I saved those for, uh, for this one. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. But all right. Over two hours, once again, 
uh, Coach Altavo, any last thoughts on what a, on a wonderful weekend for the state? You got to split this. In, you got to split this into two. You got to you got to do a girls a girls analyst one, and then a boys like historical, but also some some coaching some coaching perspective in there. Okay, I'll split it into two for you. Um, but any any last thoughts? Jacob Fisher, Hudson Alden, and Charlie Schumann ran an eight mile PPM, an eight mile hard run. <laughs> Uh, towards the end of our kind of that part of our training cycle it's like you know mid-march or whatever and uh, I thought we might have a pretty good season I did, certainly didn't think you know Jacob would finish in the top three of the 3200 but uh, they came back and they ran it was like 524 pace for eight and I wrote their times down on a Jimmy John's napkin and I'm gonna you know I got like a shoebox full of like medals and rings and stuff like that yeah. that I have from over the years uh, that that napkin is going in that shoebox. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. still in my office. And I'm, uh, gonna, I'm gonna save that. that. That's the equivalent of the Belichick. Um, like I'm resigning. It's as it's HC the exact of the NYJ. It's, it's the exact opposite of I. I resign as HC of NYJ. Of NYJ. Yes, it's the exact but opposite. It has the same energy though. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right. I didn't Good cheat though. What? I didn't. I didn't cheat. Not like Bella. Different podcast. Different podcast. <laughs> Coach Altva, thank you so much uh, for coming on these past couple couple podcasts to preview and then recap the boys and girls state meets um, cross country season podcast potentially. Yeah, man, I got to. Uh, about it. Boy, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a busy summer. Uh, you know, I I got Sunday off from any coaching or Indiana runner stuff, but uh, well, that's not true. I did a bunch of Indiana runner stuff. And then uh, practice starts this week. It was supposed to start today, but it, we can't go inside. So it was raining too hard. I don't want boys to ruin their cell phones. So summer practice starts, summer school starts. I'm coaching, I'm teaching summer school uh, for Indiana online and uh, getting my Indiana runner stuff done. So we can preview the girls once I finish those articles. Yeah. Articles is not the right word. I mean, it's like 10,000 words or whatever. Yeah. I got to. Yeah go through those so perfect all right well all right, congratulations man. again uh good luck this summer have a fun summer train and we will talk to you soon yep all right i'll see you around again big thank you to coach colin Altavote for coming on the podcast this past couple weeks and previewing and recapping the boys and girls state meets thanks again to brock hagerman for coming on to preview the boys state meet last week Again, just such an incredible weekend. Um, I'm also very excited for the listens and the views and the downloads of these past few episodes. So hopefully this one can have the same. So share with all the Indiana track and field fans in your life. And remember that with Sunday Night Stat Guy, you will not just get the stats you want, but the stats that you need. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) 